welcome to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to be transitioning into the book of Psalms and we're going to read chapter 7, 27, 31, 34, and 52 in the book of Psalms. The reason we're transitioning to the book of Psalms is because um, David from 1 Samuel uh, wrote many psalms and um, it ties into 1 Samuel uh, perfectly. Before we dive into it, I want to start out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, you know my needs. My time is little and my strength is small, but I bring them to you. Sometimes it seems like the money in the bank is never enough, but I bring what I have to you and I entrust it into your care. All I have is yours and I know you will supply all I need. Lord, forgive me for focusing on the things I lack and open my eyes to the riches I already possess. Thank you for what you have given me already. Help me trust you to meet all my needs. Lord, I praise you because you are the God of abundance. Your love never runs out. Your wisdom never fails. Your strength never runs short. Your blessings overflow in my life and bring joy to my heart. Help me to rest in your sufficiency when I lack resources. I praise you because you have the power to work miracles when my supplies run short. Open my eyes to the table of blessing you have laid out before me and help me trust in your abundant supply. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, Psalm 7. I come to you for protection, O Lord, my God. Save me from my persecutors. Rescue me. If you don't, they will maul me like a lion, tearing me to pieces with no one to rescue me. O Lord, my God, if I have done wrong, or am I or am guilty of injustice if I have betrayed a friend or plundered my enemy without cause then let my enemies capture me let them trample me into the ground and drag my honor in the dust arise O Lord in anger stand up against the fury of my enemies wake up my God and bring justice gather the nations before you rule over them from on high. The Lord judges the nations. Declare me righteous, O Lord, for I am innocent, O Most High, and the evil of those who are wicked, and defend the righteous, for you look deep within the mind and heart, O righteous God. God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. God is an honest God. God is an honest judge. He is angry with the wicked every day. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and shoot his flaming arrows. The wicked conceive evil. 
They are pregnant with trouble and give birth to lies. They dig a deep pit to trap others. Then fall into it themselves. The trouble they make for others backfires on them. The violence they plan falls on their own heads. I will thank you, Lord, because he is just. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. So here in Psalm chapter 7, verses 3 through 10, we see that David looked to God to defend him against the slanderous judgments of his enemies. If we are doing what we can to avoid temptation, we can count on the Lord to deal with those who oppose us. We ought to hate the things God hates. When we are choosing the right path, God promises to be our defense. In verses 11 through 16, we're reminded that God is patient, but there is a limit to how long he will tolerate those who continue to rebel against him. When we choose to live in ways that stand counter to God's plan, we will quickly discover that our problems only grow worse and worse. The plans we make to achieve personal success at the expense of others will destroy us in the end. We will only fall prey to our own schemes. Psalm 27 A Psalm of David The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will never be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections, and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in a sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At this sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I say, hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me, do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper, don't leave me now, don't abandon me. O God of my salvation, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. While I am here in the land of the living, 
Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Here in chapter 27, in verses 1 through 6, we see that David praised God for the help and hope he provided. We have nothing to fear in this life if we put our complete trust in God as our guide, deliverer, and protector. If we continually seek God, we can be assured that when problems come, He will watch over us, make our way secure, and draw us even closer to Himself. In verses 11 through 14, Because temptations are pressing in around us, we need more than ever to learn to depend on God to guide us. Apart from Him, we have no power against the things that seek to destroy us. We must determine one day at a time to follow God patiently and confidently waiting for Him to protect and lead us. Psalm 31 O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection. A fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress. For the honor of your name, lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap my enemy set for me. For I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. I hate those who worship worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in you, in your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles and you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to my enemies but have set me in a safe place. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My ears are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. 
You will lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In panic, I cried out, I am cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to him. But he harshly punishes the arrogant, so be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. So here in chapter 31, in verses 1 through 5, we see that David's words exhibit his dependence on God in a time of stress. God is our strong fortress, our rock of protection, the one we should turn to when we feel overwhelmed by temptation and danger. Because we know he is such a strong fortress for us, we can surrender our lives to him each day with confidence. In verses 14 through 18, the writer of this psalm shared his confidence that God alone could deliver him from the troubles. He also realized that without God's help, he would suffer great humiliation. God is the only one able to solve our problems. He is willing to help us overcome the problem and the people and situations that once dragged us down. We need to make sure he is at the center of our lives. Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil, and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil.
He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. So here in chapter 34, in verses 1 through 7, we're reminded that when we experience deliverance through God's power, it should be natural for us to praise Him and share the good news with others. If we care about other people who suffer as we did, we would be selfish not to tell how we found help. Boasting about our God and the help He has given us is one kind of boasting that is good to do. We will find that this kind of godly boasting will not only encourage others, but also strengthen our faith in God. In verses 8-14, through 14, If we have gone through life trusting in our own judgment, we may find it hard to surrender to God and His plan for us. But if we refuse to seek God's help, and direction we may never know just how good he can be to us he has the power and the wisdom we need to have victory in our struggles with sin and temptation psalm 52 why do you boast about your crimes great warrior don't you realize God's justice continues forever? All day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good and lies more than truth. You love to destroy others with your words, you liar. But God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, Look what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust their wealth instead and grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will trust in you in your good name, in the presence of your faithful people. So today we read several psalms David wrote during or in response to his time as a fugitive. Psalm 7 is a lament. As a refugee, David declares that God is his refuge. He may be on the run, but he maintains his innocence, much like Job did. He invites God to let his enemies punish him if he's guilty. And if he's innocent, then those who falsely accuse him are the guilty ones. So he asks God to punish them. 
He knows God is a God of justice, and he appeals to him on that level. Near the end, he makes some general references to the terms of God's covenant with Israel in regard to sin and repentance, and asks God to turn the acts of the wicked back on them as a part of his plan to bring restoration on earth. Psalm 27 is also a song of lament and of confidence in God. David calls God his light, his salvation, his stronghold. He may have even written this while he was in the stronghold in the wilderness. Despite having a safe place to live, what he really wants is God's nearness. In chapter 27, verse 5, when he says, He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. The word for tent is the same word used for the tent of meeting, where God's special presence dwelled. Instead of dwelling in the stronghold, he wants to dwell in God's tent. Then David says he'll offer sacrifices and shouts of joy. These are probably the same shouts of victory Israel gave when they defeated Jericho. It's like he's recounting God's relationship with Israel through the years, remembering who God is before petitioning God for help. He believes he'll see God's goodness too. So he believes he'll see God's goodness in this life, not just in eternity. He has God's promise of his kingship to cling to. So he believes God even when his life appears to be at stake. He preaches the truth to himself again, telling his heart to be strong and courageous and to wait for the Lord. By now, at Psalm 31, you may be seeing a pattern in how these laments tend to go. He starts with praise, brings his complaints and requests, and ends with praise again. By bookending his laments with praise, he his, he's surrounding his needs with reminders of who God is. He calls God a stronghold again, a rock of refuge. Some scholars believe he lived at Masada when he wrote this. It fits a lot of his imagery. Masada is a huge rock in the wilderness where King Harad will later build his desert fortress. On the cross, Jesus quoted verse 5, Into your hand I commit my spirit. David trusts God with his life. That trust comes from personal experience and from remembering God's covenant with his people. David says, My strength fails because of my iniquity. Maybe he wonders if he's done something to bring this on himself. Or maybe he's mourning over the deaths he caused by lying to Ahimelech. Even though that lie wasn't the cause of his distress, it was a sinful response in the midst of his distress. David felt like God cut him off, but now he realizes that was just his fear speaking. God rescued him in his own time. Psalm 34 is one of thanksgiving. David praises God for delivering him and invites others to trust God too. He reminds the listener that looking to God delivers us from fears, not necessarily from the things we fear, but from the fear itself. In verse 13, he says, 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Maybe David is preaching to himself here regarding the way he lied to Ahimelech. God attends to the righteous, and even though their lives won't be trouble-free, he and he's in the habit of delivering his kids. The righteous and the wicked will both have trouble, but the righteous are promised a different ending. Psalm 52 has harsh words for Saul and possibly for Doeg the Edomite, but it also emphasizes God's justice and faithfulness as opposed to David's desire for revenge. He trusts his relationship with God to be all he needs in the midst of trouble. Psalm 34 verse 5 says, Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. You're looking at him. He's changing and expanding your understanding of him. You're carrying with you a new light and hope that's brighter than it was 105 days ago. Surely there's a new radiance to you because you're fixing your eyes on him. And he's where the joy is. All right, I just want to leave you all off with a daily devotional to take with you today. Bring me the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Take nothing for granted, not even the rising of the sun. Before Satan tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden, thankfulness was as natural as breathing. Satan's temptation involved pointing Eve to the one thing that was forbidden, her. The garden was filled with luscious, desirable fruits, but Eve focused on the one fruit she couldn't have, rather than being thankful for the many good things freely available. This negative focus darkened her mind, and she succumbed to temptation. When you focus on what you don't have or on situations that displease you, your mind also becomes darkened. You take for granted life, salvation, sunshine, flowers, and countless other gifts from me. You look for what is wrong and refuse to enjoy life until that is quote-unquote fixed. When you approach me with thanksgiving, the light of my presence pours into you, transforming you through and through. Walk in the light with me by practicing the discipline of thanksgiving. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. I hope you all have a great day and God bless each and every one of you.